the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's great to be with you today. You can join the conversation at 888-LA-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. How are you doing today? There, you know, there's so many stories going on. And as we see, you know, the, the turmoil, as we wait to hear what might actually be true or presented as true with the different things like the raid on the Trump house and uh, whatever else is going on. One of the things that's so important for us as believers is to step back and think about how we respond to anything we're talking about, how we respond to other people who might be hurting or fearful. And I think that's one of the things that even in some of the conversations I had with people, people are so afraid. And it doesn't mean that there's not reason to be concerned, but we should not be a people of fear. We should be a people of godly action. It sounds like a churchy thing to say godly. I used to uh, have a friend, he, he used godly for everything, right? We wanted to have a godly budget, you know, for our church. And well, what's a godly budget? What does that mean? You know, where, <laughs> and it's arbitrary, right? At some point, it's like, we need to have, you know, uh, a, a godly vacuum cleaner to make sure that we're cleaning up everybody's communion crumbs. You know, is it godly? How do we do this? You, you Sometimes you just have to go make a decision, but really what this is, what we are called to do is to grow in our faith, right? One of the things that this fruit of the Spirit is about is growth. And here's something I want you to have today. I want you to think about this today. Saved people are growing people. If you're saved, how are you growing? See, saved people are growing people. And I think maybe we don't ask ourselves that question or we don't ask each other that question. How often? How often are we growing people? And I'm telling you that because if we want things to get better, if we look at the news and we look at all this stuff, you know, and we say things are only getting worse. There's some guy who wrote this book a few years ago, and he was talking about uh, different positive things like 10 years ago that were happening in the political world. And this week he came out with a another, he called them green shoots, that there were some positive things to look at. And today he came out and said, now the green shoots are dead. There's just no hope. <laughs> And you know what? That's just sad. Uh, we are a people of hope. And it's not just about what's happening in the news, because for most people, you know, for most of us, what we're thinking about more often is whatever's happening in our life. Today, for a lot of people, this week, next week, first week of school, how are your kids doing? How are they adapting? I think that's what a lot, if you have kids, that's what you're thinking about right now. You're thinking about how are they going to adapt this year? Are they going to learn? Or are they going to get in trouble? Are they going to be behind? You are wondering about, did you buy the right school supplies? Did you buy enough? Can you even afford school supplies this year? So many other things. And we want to take a look at what we're doing in our faith, because there's always something greater. And I'm inspired by this because there's a Little League video that's going around. 
I don't know if you've seen this, and I'd love to hear stories of how you're growing in your faith. If you've got a story to tell about how you are growing or maybe a story about somebody else on how you've seen them grow in their faith, you know what? Let us hear that. I think you find that people are not alone in their stories. People have, you can, you can tell a story and you might think, oh, this is just me. It's not just you. And maybe your story will inspire somebody who needs to grow the way you do, but they're, they're wondering about it. 888-528-2557 is the phone number. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I'm Scott Furrow, Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. Anyway, so there's this video going around virally, and uh, it's complicated to show uh, videos on the radio. But I'm going to narrate it for you and tell you what, what's happening. And as the video is the sound plays, you're, you're going to understand. And what we have here is something I think that we can learn a lot from. In Tuesday's Little League World Series, you ever watch that? It's pretty cool to watch that. It's on uh, usually one of the sports stations on your cable system. In Tuesday's Little League World Series, the Southwest Regional Championship, the game is between Texas, Perlin, Texas, and Tulsa, Oklahoma. There's this incredible act of sportsmanship from one player to another. The batter for Oklahoma was a kid named Isaiah Jarvis, and he was hit in the head by a, a wild pitch from Texas' Caden Shelton. And I'm going to play the video, and I think you will actually hear the sound of the ball hitting him in the head. Now, it's hitting him in the helmet. He's okay. It's just it's a lot more scary looking than it probably was. That's why we wear the helmets. You ever get hit in the head by somebody throwing a hardball? It hurts. I have before. Anyway, he's hit in the head. And what happens, though, is he, he's on the ground. He's panicked for a moment, but then I think he realized he's okay. He goes down to first base. Well, the pitcher is really rattled. I mean, you just, you didn't mean to hit him. And, you know, when you hit another player and you see him go down that way, it's very scary. If you've ever been in sports or maybe you've done something accidentally to somebody else. I I once uh, hit my friend Bob in the head with a baseball bat and it just kind of scraped him along the forehead, but it cut him open. There's blood everywhere and it was, he got a bunch of stitches. It took me, I was in the fifth grade when that happened. What's funny about that is uh, today he was fine, some stitches, and it was, you know, but it took me weeks, I think, to get over that. And decades later, he still teases me about that whenever it comes up. He says, yeah, I have nightmares of the word Easton, which is a bat-making company, rushing right past my head. Anyway, so he goes down to first base, this kid, after he gets hit, and he notices that the pitcher is struggling, this other kid struggling to get composed. He's so hurt. Well, he does something unexpected. He leaves first base and he goes over to him and gives him a hug. I mean, it's a great moment. I'm going to I'm going to play this and I'll narrate a little bit uh, when they're not talking. But listen to the the sounds and the announcers. Here it goes. Here comes the pitch. Oh, look out! Do you hear that sound? Hit him right in the head. So he's on the ground, pretty shaken. And then he's going to get up and wow, go first base. tough kid right there. And now he walks over to the pitcher and does something extraordinary. He gives him a hug. He goes over there and he says, hey, you're doing just great. And he encourages the opposing so this team. This is really pitcher. cool because as a pitcher, Bubs looks shaken up right now because of what he did. And look at Zay Jarvis. This is such great sportsmanship. He wants him to know that it's okay, that he'll be fine. Hey, Bob. Look at me. 
Look at me, you're all right. Amazing. You're all right. Did you hear that? The, uh, the kid he just hit said, hey, you're just doing just great. I mean, people in the audience start crying. You know, at first they're fearful because of this, and then they just notice this moment where he steps out. And you know why I think this matters? We see something from kids, because so often when people get hit or something bad happens to us, we get really mad, right? Major League Baseball, how often have you seen just a brawl break out? And occasionally there's probably a pitcher who's deliberately throwing in a batter and there's anger and frustration brewing over. But a lot of times it's not just an accident. And uh, there's this bloody battle that happens afterward. You don't always see that. Sometimes you see uh, this kind of thing in Major League Baseball. But But from this kid, it was pretty powerful. Can I say something to you here? I don't know what this kid's faith is. His name's Isaiah. He's probably Christian or Jewish, or he has a family member named Isaiah. And uh, But I don't know that. But what he did was very Christian-like, very Christ-like. See, in, in here's, here's the Christian life. We go through life, like this baseball game. We're to go through life and play by the rules. We go through life. We do the things that we need to do. We get up. We get dressed, we take care of business in the morning, whatever we have to do for our family, then we go to work, we are to work hard as unto the Lord and go through the routines of life. And if you're listening to this, there's a very good chance you've got a commute and you go to and fro, and maybe you drive 30, 40 minutes back and forth to work. Some of you go a lot longer than that. Maybe you take the train. You have a routine, right? There's an alarm that goes off probably in the morning. Maybe you go exercise. Maybe you just go make breakfast. Uh, maybe you got kids to take to school and you do this routine and we get t- into it, right? It's it's life. And even church can become life, right? So you have a weekend routine. Maybe the Saturday routine is you sleep in because you, you went out to a movie or you did something fun on Friday night and uh, you sleep in a little bit, you cook breakfast, you hang out. Maybe you do some yard work. Maybe you get up early. There's some routine. Sunday, there's a routine. You get up, you get dressed, and you go to church, and uh, you complain if it's too early, and you complain if you get out too late uh, because you missed the lunch special, you missed brunch, or it's too early. And I've always thought, you know, as a pastor, there really is no too early to church, right? I mean, you're getting up to take the kids to school at 730, and uh, that's too early for you for church? And I'm saying that because my church service I go to is kind of early, and I'm I'm in that place. Uh, but it's because we have a routine. There's something that we would like to do. But this is the this is the Christian point I want to make here. We do our business. We play by the rules. We go through life. But when we notice someone hurting, we leave those rules behind. We leave the routine behind. See, because there's a greater rule. And it's over everything else. There is a greater routine that we should be following that's so much bigger than everything else. It's called the law of Christ. Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And that seems like such a powerful statement there. What, what's the law of Christ? We're going to carry each other's burdens? Do you do this? And I'm telling you about this because this is a sign for Christians when we're carrying each other's burdens, and it doesn't just mean people we like, it means people who are in our life. These two kids, they didn't know each other. They're from different parts of the country. They are not friends. I don't know if they even knew each other's name. And I think that's part of the beauty of it, is this kid who got hit in the head, he recognized that the person who did this to him, and it was an accident, was really hurting and he went over to him. See, and, and if you read some of the responses online for this, there were some people who felt that it wasn't appropriate. 
they thought that, hey, you're in the World Little League World Series, and it's good that the other pitcher is shaken up. And uh, you want him to be rattled. Don't go comfort him. Some people said that, and there's a lot of back and forth like that. And you know what I think, you know, and that just seems kind of awful. It's just a game. I mean, it's important, but it's just a game, right? You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. You can join the conversation. Tell me how you're growing in your faith, 888-528-2557. But here is where I think we need to step out. Can I just say this? As, as the church, the church who gets into a routine, I mean, do you find church, however you're doing church, just to be the routine of it? You get up, you go, you try to get the kids ready. You hope to get there on time. There's a church I know of, and they've got this great kids department, and they got these mats. You go to this the kids department, and you check your kids in on a computer, right? And uh, many of your churches do this, and then you get the little sticker that prints out, and you put them on there. It's a security thing. It's a good thing to do for churches. So you, and the, the mat that's there, it says, you made it. <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny because uh, that's how you feel. Sometimes you, you, you made it, you got to church. And in Southern California, especially, we're kind of late to church often, right? I mean, uh, we're kind of like inherently Dodger fans. We show up to church in the third inning and we often will leave in the seventh or eighth inning. It becomes this routine and we go and we're there for an hour or two hours and then we go home and we may or may not remember anything that we learned from church and we live our life and we never step out. See this kid, this is what I think happens most of the time. And if you're tracking with me here, he gets hit by the pitch. He goes to first base normally. And he notices that the pitcher is having a hard time, that the pitcher is having a difficult time getting composed. Okay. I think that the mistake that we make sometimes is not that we don't care, we do care. But what we do is we stay on first base and we look at the hurting person and we say, we need to pray for him. And maybe we really do pray. And we truly feel bad. And then when we finally get back to the dugout, we tell the rest of our teammates, gosh, you know, that was really sad. He was really hurting. We need to pray for him. He was really, really messed up. Man, I hope somebody reaches out to him. I hope he'll be okay. And we don't do anything, though. We don't approach. We just go through the—we don't leave the routine. We don't step out. See, the law of Christ is this. John 13, 34, and 35, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know why people recognize us as disciples of Christ when we love one another? Because it's so rare for people to leave the routine. It's so rare for people to step out and go, you know what? It's not really part of the game. Maybe I'm going to get called out for this. Maybe it's weird, but I'm going to drop my helmet. I'm going to drop the pretense of both teams and he's my opponent. And I'm going to go over there and I'm going to encourage the person who just hurt me. That is a great example. We have a huge responsibility for this as the body of Christ. You're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. And I think stepping out of our routine, this is a big place where we can discover if we're growing or not. Where is God leading us to step out of the routine and do something different and unexpected? Uh, Claire from Orange County uh, hold on a second, Claire. I'm having trouble connecting. 
uh, with you here on my uh, on my computer. I'll come back to you here in just a minute, Claire. 888-528-2557 is the number. Um, hold on a second, Claire. Just having a little bit of a technical problem here. So we are, the, the law of Christ is so important here. And you know, why is it? Because Jesus carried our burdens. When Paul is referring this, he carried all the burden that we have of, of sin and difficulty. Uh, when he went to the cross, he carried the greatest burden we have, and it's that we can't save ourselves. You know, there's, a, there's the, the idea, and I hear people say this all the time, that God will never give you something more than you can handle. The Bible never says that. Did you know that? If you're feeling overwhelmed and somebody tells you at church, you know, oh, God's never going to give you something that you can't handle. Well, the problem is, is um, the, the fact is that life you can't handle. You needed a savior. You needed someone to die for you. It's so important that we see that. That's the law of Christ. See, and, and sometimes when we see people hurting, when we carry their burden, when we go love them, that's the law of Christ is we're not dying for their sins. We're not taking away their sins. We're not taking away the consequence maybe of their action, but we are carrying their burdens in a way that resembles Christ. And that is called love, the action of love. 888-528-2557 is the number. Claire from Orange County. I got you now, Claire. How are you, Claire? I'm good. Um, I certainly enjoy hearing you every day. You're very, uh, very enlightening. Well, thank you. I love being here every day. Thanks for listening. What's on your yes. mind? Well, I was telling your uh, uh, the scan- screener, um, I'm kind of a whistleblower today, and I'm not even sure about this. But on the well, other hand, I am. Well, wait a minute. If you're not sure, are you going to say something that, yeah, you I don't, am sure. that you don't know to be true? Or... No, I do know. I do know. These are facts. And, are, and is the radio the right place to share whatever you're going to whistleblow here? Well, it might be important to people like me. I like to donate. All right, hold on a second. Let me let me get you to give more information to our screener, and then I'll get back to you because uh, we don't want to get in a position of putting something out there about somebody that uh, may or may not be accurate or that we. Well, I won't. I won't say any names, but I have four actual facts in front of me. I wrote them down. And this is what some place that you were donating about. Um. I like to donate, so I yeah. looked up some right. of the people on the radio to see what their financials are. All right, we're not going to do that. We can't do that on this show. I appreciate it, Claire, and uh, you know we we could do an episode at some point about financial responsibility, but we we can't just have somebody accuse even no name people. We can't. You understand? Uh, what you should do with that information is send it to those people. They need to be confronted, okay? And there are organizations. You know, if you feel like you're getting ripped off by a Christian organization or by a church or by a nonprofit organization, uh, you need to start with them and say, hey, where's the money? You know, how is this being spent? It's okay to ask for for uh, uh, financials. You know, really good organizations, they'll put them out there and they'll say, here's exactly where your your stuff is. Uh, do that before you come on the radio and uh, and express it to somebody else. So you, you, you hear me? That's just, I think, important. The question really for the hour here is 888-528-2557. And the question is, how are you growing in your faith? Uh, Chris from Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I was just uh, listening to your great story about the Little League World Series. Yeah. And... Um, 
I'm sure you know about in the NFL the sportsmanship award that they give every year named after Walter Payton. Yes. And I was thinking, I've watched the World Series every year, call it, I mean, uh, Little League World Series, and they really do highlight the sportsmanship. They show the kids playing with each other in between games and eating pizza and stuff. And I think it'd be a great idea if the Little League uh, organization uh, gave an award this year, a good sportsmanship award, named after that uh, boy that did that, and maybe every year at the World Series, give that award to the kid who uh, exemplifies good sportsmanship. That's a really good idea. Great way. I think that's a great way for people to, um, sometimes we learn valuable things from kids and what that kid did was awesome. Yeah. Have you seen that? You saw the video? No, I haven't. I I saw a write up about it and it showed a picture of him hugging the pitcher. Yeah. But I'm driving home right now, and I heard you talk about it. And like I said, I've watched the World Series before Little League, and they really do stress sportsmanship. And I think they should, you know, whatever, his name was Jarvis or something, make the the Jarvis, whatever his last right. name, sportsmanship award, give it to him this year as the inaugural, and then every year give that award out to the kid that shows uh, the same spirit of sportsmanship. Yeah, all right. I think uh, that's a good idea, Chris. You know what you should do is write Little League and uh, tell them your idea. I think it's a great one. If you go to their uh, website, littleleague.org, you can uh, start that. Chris, thanks for that observation. His name is um, uh, Isaiah Jarvis. could be the, the Isaiah Jarvis Sportsmanship Award. That would be cool. I think that's a great idea. Gets a little, you know, a meaningful trophy. We used to get, like, sportsmanship trophies as a kid. That was the – when I was a kid, it was the everybody gets a trophy. Not really, because the first-place teams got real trophies. And then everybody else got – maybe you got a little tiny sportsmanship trophy for whatever. But you knew it was it didn't count. Not like today where maybe everybody gets the same thing. Hey, um, I'm going to take a break here. You ever look at the Little League pledge before I go? This is what it is. I trust in God, I love my country, and I will respect its laws. I will play fair and strive to win, but win or lose – I will always do my best. Little Leaguers say that before every game. Even today in 2022, I'm shocked as a Little League coach how we still get away with saying that. You're listening to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow here, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. How are you growing? Do you ask yourself in your faith? How are you growing in your faith? What is a sign to you that you are growing? Or maybe you've got an idea that says, hey, I need to grow, and maybe I'm not sure. Share your story, 888-528-2557. This is the Southern California Live Show. I'm Scott Fro, your host. We'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. Great to be with you each and every day from 3 to 5. And we talk about the, the issues of the day, but we really always want to get into the real way that we respond, you know, when you, when you go back, maybe this doesn't feel comfortable because sometimes we just want to respond in in our outrage or our frustration. But when we really look at what we're called to do as Christians, our purpose is so much bigger. And the question I'm asking you today is to ask yourself, and you can share with us if you'd like to, the number is 888-528-2557. The question is, are you growing? How are you growing in your faith? Do you even ask yourself that question? I think it's an important question. Maybe if you're not a believer and you're listening, well, are you growing 
somehow? Are you getting better as a person or do you get to a certain age and you're just done? Saved people are growing people. From the Christian standpoint, if you are saved, then we believe that the Lord is with you, that you have the Holy Spirit, and you're going to grow in your faith, not just in knowledge. And I think this is the mistake. This is the mistake that we make so often. We think that we're growing because we're growing in knowledge. And that's kind of growing, part of it. But if that knowledge doesn't get into the marrow of your bones, if it doesn't get into who you are, then you're just gaining an understanding. You can be not a believer and have the same knowledge. You can be a student of the Bible and know it pretty well and not be a believer. I know some people who I don't think are believers or they don't claim to be believers, but who know the Bible pretty well, they can go toward it and teach it fairly. See, a growing person grows spiritually, and to put it another way, they change. That they notice there's something different about themselves, and it isn't that they just notice, it's that other people notice. And maybe you don't notice because you're growing and maybe you just, you're just moving through life and you're doing it and other people are noticing. Great. It really matters that they, that they notice. We talked about the law of Christ and the law of Christ uh, in Galatians chapter 6, carry each other's burdens and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. It's loving one another. That's how people will know. And right now, you know, with so much acrimony, with so much you know, uh, theorizing about what is happening, this election year that we're about to have, uh, that we're having now, where it's going to be rough, I think, for a lot of people, just in the way we, we relate to each other. It is not worth breaking up relationships and not being able to speak to coworkers or classmates or people in our own family because we vote differently or because we have different concerns about things. There's, there's a better way. But see, most people are just going through life in their, in their routine, right? This is why we carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks there are something, the apostle continues, when they are not, they deceive themselves. Whenever you see the word deceive, you got to think about it. Because the hard part about deception, the hard part about being deceived, and there's warnings all through the Bible about being deceived, The problem with being deceived is that you don't know you're deceived. That's why you're deceived, right? Deceived people don't know they're deceived. That's the whole meaning of deceived. Deceived people think that they're right. Deceived people think that what they think is accurate. Deceived people think that when they speak something that they're passionate about, that what they're speaking about is an accurate representation of what might be true. Now, it could be true. The problem is, is if you're deceived, you're wrong, but you don't know you're wrong. And you will argue that you're not wrong. That's the nature of being deceived, and it's tough. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. That's why we got to know the scripture. But it's also why change matters. It's also why the actions of the believers matter. And that's the next verse, verse four. Each one should test their own actions. And, you know, testing your own actions, it's, it's kind of a, uh, an interesting approach to things. When you test your own actions, you compare yourself to yourself. Do you ever suffer from comparisonitis? By the way, if you want to join our conversation, the number is 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. This is the Southern California Live Show, 888-528-2557, if you want to join the conversation. 
when you test your own actions, that's you compare yourself to yourself instead of comparing yourself to others. You, you never get better when you compare yourself to others. Not really. You get a lot better when you compare yourself to yourself. And uh, that is a really good way to see if you are growing. How are you growing? 888-528-2557 is the number. Sandy in Fullerton, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Um, I've just grown so much. I'm only a Christian 14 years out of my 67 years. All right. And a widow, a widow four years, mm. but God got me through it. And yeah. I help at a soup kitchen and... I make bags for the homeless to give out, and I witness to them and encourage them. I love to encourage people so much. Yeah. It's only happened about the last two years. If I see something to, to compliment, a smile, a shiny car, pretty flowers in the yard, I just have to do it. And um, just reading my Bible every day yeah. and... Um, I've just grown a whole lot. I'm just really amazed. Sandy, what were you like before you grew? Like, what's the what's the difference? You got saved 14 years ago, uh, and you are you're doing these things now. And you said you encourage people a lot more. That's I think uh, an observation of growth. What changed in you when you became a believer, as far as the way you see other people? Well, I grew up Mormon for 36 years, then 16 years I had no religion, and I didn't even pray, and I thought I was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I found the, tr- the truth, you know, and, and started reading the Bible 53 from the beginning, because that's all that I knew, it's like, it's like awesome, here it is, and I discovered Christian radio, and I just listened to Christian songs, and Christian talk radio and growing and learning. And I didn't have it from the beginning. The, the Mormon faith is not the correct gospel. So I am so grateful to have the truth for these 14 years that I don't picture myself doing anything but growing because I'm so grateful to have the truth after yeah. being lost for so long. Well, I think, you know, I think gratefulness is a is a sign of of the truth. You've got to be grateful for the right things, which sounds like you are. Um, yes. And so I want to encourage you to keep on encouraging people. People need encouragement. Yes. You know? It's so fun. It's a bleak world. You've got to say something kind. Don't keep it inside. You can make somebody's day. And it's happy for me and for them. Yep. It's a, it's a simple thing to encourage somebody else and it matters. All right. Thank you, Sandy, for yeah. your call and for listening to Southern California Live. 888-528-2557 is the number. If you want to share how you're growing, one of the things I think that is when you really think of how you're growing, it takes some time. And maybe you have to ask somebody, like if you aren't sure. In fact, I I got – this question came to me from somebody in my church many years ago. And his concern, and I think rightly so, was Christians don't ask themselves if they are growing or they just don't know. They might very well be growing, right? But maybe you never noticed. Maybe you never figured it out. And – it's important to know whether or not you're growing. Okay, that's how you kind of know where you are with the Lord, honestly. Are you growing? Is God and is God changing you? You know, Sandy said that she just a couple of years ago, so she'd been saved 14 years. She's grateful. But I think one of the things that I would say, you know, from her conversation there, she said she started encouraging people a couple of years ago. That's change. That's in the way that you see people. 
Are you becoming a more encouraging person or are you more of a discouraging person? Right? I mean, some of us, we, we have the spiritual gift of complaining. And we're really good at uh, being critical about whatever. And we've got Facebook page and everything we mark is critical. And we're critical of the government. And we're critical of our party or the other party. And we're critical of this and critical of that. And we feel real good about that. But there's no place in the Bible that tells us that uh, we need to be critical people. We need to speak the truth in love with the purpose of helping people. And, uh, you know, I used to know a guy, he, and he's a great guy and he's, he's growing. Okay. But he struggled because he was, he was super critical. He was critical of everything. And, you know, finally we said, you know what, you, you need to get involved here rather than just complain about everything. You know, what was irritating about his criticisms is that he was right. Not all the time, but he was right a lot. And, but it was sort of like, okay, you're right about this. What are you going to do about it? And he's like, oh, no, I just wanted you to know. Well, I'm very well aware. Thank you. It doesn't, it's not helpful. So we tried to get him involved, and we had him take uh, these uh, spiritual gift tests. And sometimes uh, maybe you've tried. There's a Gallup test out there called your Strength Finder, which is a pretty good one. It's not spiritual gifts, but it's all positive. What are the things that you're, you're strong in? And so what was funny is he took this test, and his strengths were – his ability to analyze, his ability to to think and conceptualize, those those type of gifts that he was uh, a very good observer, which is exactly right. Like it, it took kind of his critical spirit and said, here's how you could use it in a positive way. That's what we were getting at. Well, the funniest part was, is he sat down in my office across from me and I gave him the results of his test and we talked about it. And he he went through step by step why he thought it was all wrong. I'm not an analyzer because this, 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 and this. And he analyzed the whole thing to death to prove that he's not an analyzer. And it was hilarious. And I said, man, you just proved it right. You need to take that and say, rather than just tear everything down, I'm going to observe what the problem is, and I'm going to do something to help fix it. And he got better that way. He grew. Here's what I would say to you. If you are wondering, am I growing or not? If you don't know, ask somebody who knows you, who's known you for a long time. Hey, am I growing in my faith? Am I different? You might get a great answer where they just tell you a whole bunch of ways, but you also might get, nope, you're the same as you've always been. If that's the answer, or no, you're getting worse. I've known a couple of people. Uh, then that should send off alarm bells with you because saved people are growing people. Uh, saved people aren't just people who go to church. Saved people aren't just people who go through the religious routine of Christianity. Saved people are growing people. Are you growing, not just growing in knowledge and understanding, but in who you are as a follower of Jesus? Let's hear your story. If you want to tell it, it encourages other people to hear those stories. Or if you've got questions about growth, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5. KKLA. It is Wednesday. This is Southern California Live, and I am Scott Furrow. Great to be with you on this afternoon. We're together every day from 3 to 5, looking at the world through a Christian perspective, which means there's always hope on the other side. With whatever is going on, there is always a place to have progress. There is always a place to grow. And you can grow from any place. That's a question for this hour that I've been asking is, are you growing? 
before the break I was talking about, and you can call in and share how you're growing or share if you uh, have a question. How do you know if you're growing? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. A friend of mine who his big concern was that Christians don't seem to know if they're growing or they don't seem to measure it. And a great way to figure that out is to ask somebody. Ask your spouse. That's a great conversation to have with your spouse. It could become a tense conversation, but maybe one you need to have. Am I growing, honey? Uh, No, she might say. Or she might say yes. Or it can be a place of great encouragement. Because I I think for the Christian also, one of the struggles we have is the the growth that we might have in humility, which makes us look at ourselves and not try to build ourselves up, right? And it is okay. It is okay as a believer to have what I would call self-confidence. It doesn't mean that you think you're something greater than you are. It's okay to be confident in the Lord. I used to know some people who thought, no, no, Christians should have no confidence whatsoever. Like, what what do we do? We're supposed to just beat our chests and uh, sit in sackcloth and ashes all of the time? That's not what we're supposed to do as believers. We have the joy of the Lord. We have the confidence of our salvation, the confidence of our Savior. If you want some humility, you can say, I'm a sinner and I'm a terrible person, but I have Jesus, and uh, I'm saved because of that. Growing people are changing people, and it should be noticeable. It should be that you are a person who is not the same person as you were 10 years ago, five years ago. Sometimes it's last year. You know, I, I know a guy who got saved, and he was a an angry, sort of bitter, grumpy guy. He was great at his job, the place that he worked. Um, and he was bitter because he was so good at his job, he never got promoted. At least that's what he liked to say. And he might have been right. Like sometimes people who get promoted are the people who might have some management and administration skills, but they don't have any skills to do the actual job they were hired for. And then you feel like, oh, that guy is incompetent. He shouldn't be the manager. Well, maybe he's an incompetent whatever, but he's a better manager. Uh, or sometimes they just, you know, sometimes the wrong person gets promoted. That's a whole nother thing. You know, I've worked in that place before. But um, the thing is, is this guy was surrounded by Christians who had very little hope for him. And, but they shared Christ with him, and one day he received Christ. One day he came to believe that Jesus died for his sins. He came to believe that he's a sinner, and he admitted it. Yeah, I'm a sinner. You know what? I got bitterness, and I got all this stuff going on, and I'm just not a very nice person, and I'm not very fun to be around. Like, he was the guy who you were not sad if he called in sick, right? He was the guy that when he called in sick, the whole office felt better. You don't want to be that person. That was this guy. And people just didn't have hope for him. And then he got saved. And in his case, the crazy thing is, he changed almost overnight. He he even quit smoking cold turkey. He quit drinking cold turkey. He stopped cursing, mostly, and became a kind person almost overnight. Now, it usually doesn't happen that way. It usually takes time. That's why you have the fruit of the Spirit come to you and you start to change over time. And sometimes it takes a long time. I don't think there is, you know, a speedometer on how fast you have to grow. In his case, it was, he was going 120. And I think the reason is, is because when he changed that fast, almost everybody he worked with got saved, like the whole company. And the reason is because the whole company said, if your Jesus can fix that guy, then he must be for real. And a lot of people put their faith in God. 
And it's a great story. But the reason that I think he changed so fast is, is that God used him to bring all those other people to the Lord. You might be changing slow. That's all right. Just think about it. And you have to be asking yourself, you know, what does it look like for me to change? And we got to be careful because another thing we do in uh, sort of Christian religion is we just make it kind of arbitrary, right? Remember uh, what would Jesus do? And you might have had that breakf- that bracelet, WWJD. You had the bumper stickers and stuff, and it was useful, you know, for a period of time. But it got it got kind of absurd after a while because pretty soon it was like, okay, you're down by a run. You have one out runners at first and third. It's the eighth inning. Do you squeeze? What would Jesus do? And then it's just kind of you know crazy. Um, becoming more like Jesus is not arbitrary. It's it's how you approach and live your life, and for what purpose? Are you living your life more for the kingdom of God? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, or are you just trying to hold on to everything you have, or trying to gain more because you have a, a thought that there's not going to be enough? This is what you can do to ask yourself and test yourself. You're not doing this alone, by the way. You don't grow by yourself. It's the work of God. Saved in, when saved people are growing, you're growing because you have the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. You have a personal helper, the Spirit of God. Your job is to pay attention, and my job is to pay attention and realize that the result of God changing you is the best that this life has to offer. You know, it is, I talked about the worry the other day and a place where I've grown over time, a lot of time, is at some point I stopped worrying. As a kid, I was always a terrible worrier. And I wrote an essay in college that got a lot of attention because I wrote about my worrying problem and got a lot of attention because I think it related to a lot of people because we worry. And I worried quite a bit through my, my 20s, but at some point I started to worry a lot less. And I got to tell you that everything got better once I started to trust God better. It took a long time for God to deal with me, to not put the pressure on myself that way. And I I still put a lot of pressure on myself, but I don't worry as much. And that's a place of growth. People who've known me my whole life. Now, if you've only known me 10 minutes, you've known me a couple of years, you may not have seen that. But if you've known me for 30 years, then you've seen it. It's a big change. People, I worried so much when I was in high school one of the things that people said to me all the time was, you're so serious all the time, which to me was crazy because in my mind, I was always telling jokes. Yeah, I like to tell jokes. I got a million jokes. I, I can go watch a good comedian and memorize their routine. I was watching Johnny Carson every night from about the third grade. Like I'm going to third grade and I'm doing Karnak, if you know what that is. And uh, people are going, why are you doing that? that that's me in my head. But I had such a concern all the time about you know, the future, about all kinds of things that were outside of my control. It took me a long time to realize something, that you can't do anything about things that are outside of your control. That's why they're outside of your control. And you can't do anything about things you can't change. You can only change the things you can change. And you can only work on the things and try to improve the areas that you can control. And when you narrow it down, you find out a couple of things. You find out there's really not a lot that you can control or can change. That takes a lot of the pressure off of your life. What you can do is love people more, become more encouraging, not worry so much if somebody hurts you, and not try to get back at them. And that changed me quite a bit. So I'm going to encourage you to ask yourself, am I growing in my faith? 
And if you don't know the answer, if you can't put your finger on it, ask somebody. Ask somebody who's known you for a long time. Hey, am I growing in my faith? It's a great small group Bible study question. You go to a small group Bible study, you meet with other people in your church. Hopefully you're in a church. There's nobody to ask if you don't go to church. So many people bailed from church after the COVID. Get back in the church. It's not perfect. Your church is not going to be perfect. All those things that you complain about, Christy and I have told you, it's a weird thing for us to be looking for a church. We used to not really have a choice. Now we do. And, you know, we go to church and we laugh at the things that we're like, yeah, if uh, you know, somebody's complaining about that, we worry about, I think because of experience and ministry, we worry more about what the pastor's dealing with behind the scenes. We have a, a thought for that. And where we're going to land at church, you know, what I told him is, I just want to be an encouragement because I get it. I get how hard it can be, and I get how draining it can be when people are just complaining about all kinds of stuff that you already know about or that you can't change. Uh, and that goes on all the time. But we're laughing because we're looking at stuff going, oh, I'll bet someone's complaining about that. That was our version of complaining. Oh, I bet somebody's complaining about that worship leader, and I bet somebody's complaining about the uh, greeters at this church. I bet some people are complaining about the donuts. There's a guy who left my church one time because he he – he left. This is the reason he left. Most of the time when people use this as a reason, it's not the real reason. It's just what they tell people. But he didn't like it that we weren't serving whole donuts. He, we cut the donuts into fours. I don't know why they did that, but that's what they did to four pieces. And he didn't like that. He wanted whole donuts. And I said, well, why don't you just get four pieces of the same donut? Then you have a whole donut. Nope, I want whole donuts. And he left over that. And I pressed him after that. And I said, well, you couldn't. That's not really the reason you left. He goes, yeah, it is. I look forward to the donuts every Sunday. You know, that person needs to grow. Maybe a sign for him if he, you know, today, and I don't know him today. It's been, that's 20 years ago. This guy, if he's growing in his faith, maybe he doesn't care so much about the donuts anymore on Sunday morning. And that would be a sign of growth. If he still cares, I would have a lot of questions for him. Growing people are people who change. And saved people grow. If you can take something out of this today, saved people grow. How are you growing? Ask yourself that and be encouraged. God wants to grow you and he wants to do it supernaturally. That's why it's the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. That's growth. See, and he says that because the enemies of Jesus are the enemies of those things. They're unloving, selfish, grumpy, violent, impatient, cruel, deceptive, legalistic, harsh, and unrestrained. That's the fruit of the devil. I hope that you are growing in your faith. And so what I would do is pray about it. Ask somebody. If you're not sure, ask somebody. And if they say, nope, I don't see it, it's all right. Go back to the Lord. Go find someone to encourage. And you will find yourself growing. You're listening to Southern California Live. If you like the podcast of any hour that you miss on our show, go to your radio station, kkla.com or kprz.com. Find the podcast under our show, Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. We'll be back with you for hour two in just a minute as the Wednesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.